right now I got a new ebook out. So I tell you about that. It's about the recession because the recession is going to hit us across the world. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be mild. I recently did a television episode on C-Suite TV with uh, All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett's the name of the show. It's also a podcast and TV show. And I interviewed five economists and, future, and a futurist and asked them about what's happening with this upcoming recession. They're all saying it's going to be fairly mild, but even in a mild recession, you can have ups and downs. And you're, but what I learned in most recessions, there's great opportunity. So the name of the book is how to survive the recession, never waste a good crisis. So you can go there, you can go to the website, the cease-suite-network.com and download the book, ebook, it's free ebook. And I've gotten, I got about 40 or 50 contributors in that ebook too, with great ideas from these wonderful thought leaders who contributed to the book to say, here's a suggestion. Welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others Leadership Podcast with Nina Sunday for experienced and aspiring people managers. This show will help you explore ways to become a more intentional leader. Each episode, host Nina Sunday speaks with some of the brightest business minds on the planet who share a passion to elevate and transform team culture. Workplace culture hides in plain sight. Is yours flourishing? Join the movement to make your workplace a better place to work. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self, lead others. My name is Nina Sunday, host of Manage Self, Lead Others podcast. This episode, I welcome repeat guest Jeffrey Hazlett, the founder and CEO of the C-Suite Network, former chief marketing officer at Eastman Kodak and a primetime host on Bloomberg. Jeffrey and I talk about Hazlett's updated version of his seminal work, The Mirror Test, and discuss Hazlett's three key elements of leadership, improvisation, talent, and bottom line results. Welcome, Jeffrey Hazlett. And I do appreciate this repeat uh, conversation with you, Jeffrey, because I know you've got a lot on your plate. <laughs> Love it. Love doing it. Love doing it. So, um, so welcome back and thank you for a repeat episode on Manage Self, Lead Others. And we'll be talking about the updated edition of your book, uh, the mirror test, but I've also been listening to the audiobook version while I was driving, and uh, it's a great listen. Uh, not only is it informative with uh, you know lots lots of great principles, but you tell some stories that are just ridiculous jokes. Really, <laughs> <laughs> you do write that you're the guy who does things most are not willing to say or do. So, how did you push your company and yourself to think differently? You know, I just by being myself, I think that's the biggest thing. And I've always found ever since I was little to tell the truth as much as you can, right? And to be direct and, you know, or to rip off the Band-Aid if you do it fast, it's a lot better, right, than doing it really slow. I've been known for that on television. I've been known for that on on broadcast, podcasting, radio, all the things I've done. And I've certainly been known for it in the, in the C-suite, you know, where I sit on boards and sit on companies and in companies were like, hey, you know, and I just say what I think. And it's just a lot easier to get it out. And having said that, Jeffrey, underpinning everything you do is a great sense of care for the humanity of people. And that's something that in mm, my experience with that. you in the C-suite for two and a half years and before that at National Speakers Association, your care of people and your wanting to lift others up is just astounding. And I applaud well, you. Th I thank you for that. Well, but if you rise them, you rise. So we all rise together. And, 
and you know i i just my i just remember what my mom taught me and my you know and the more my mom than my dad about that you know and just treat people the way you want to be treated and you know i grew up in a very poor family i grew up with not a lot and i grew up it was tough you know and i uh, had tough times didn't feel like i i was worthy enough like a lot of people and uh, most people wouldn't believe that because, you know, I, I remember one time somebody said, what would you like to be when you, you know, as a professional speaker, and they said, I'd like to have the eloquence of, of Les Brown and the swagger of Jeffrey Hazlett, you know? So I've always walked with this kind of swagger, but most people wouldn't know that I didn't have that when I was younger, I felt, you know, inadequate and all the other things. And, and, um, you know, for whatever variety of reasons, but somehow at some point I outgrew that. You know, you know, you know, somebody said, you know, one time I was giving a speech to a bunch of celebrities on how to how to basically I was hired by a big, big uh, talent agency to come in and talk to people about how to build the brand of you. And they said, Jeff, what do you do when you hear that little voice? And I said, what little voice? And they said that little voice in the back of your head telling you you're not worthy. I said, I stopped listening to that voice a long time ago. And, and you know what? And, I replace it with another voice that says you are worthy and you are good yeah. enough. Well, you, you you do talk about in the book about uh, for leaders. I, I really focused on the leadership chapter because we're this is manage self, lead others. Yeah. And you you say that just because you like to do something doesn't mean that's where you should spend your time. That's what you do best. <laughs> and to work out what you can delegate and grow your business by delegating what you can. Yeah. Yeah, people say, you know, tell a lot of leaders, oh, follow your passion. No, no, don't do that because you might not be, one, real good at it, and two, you know, might not pay. <laughs> so, you know, but find the things you're really good at and what you do and then focus your – and I talked to – I did another podcast interview today where I talked about a great deal about what makes a great leader, you know, yeah. and, and and part of that is listening, really, truly listening and understanding. And the other thing is to delegate out the things you don't do. He had this great saying, automate, delegate, eliminate, you know, and I do that every day. Yes. And mm -hmm. I, I try to delegate everything I can. I make a list of things that I can get to go do and then get it to a person that can then exponentially take care of it. Like, you know, mailing letters to ops or to opportunities, uh, mailing out, you know, key touch points I want to do with people. Like today, I did probably two or 300 letters to different people, yeah. all individualized, all, you know, separate based on certain criteria. Well, if it had taken me most of the day for me to do that, that's not where I should be spending my time. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And so you learn, you learn early, you know, you, you learn not necessarily early, you learn that's painful and don't, you know, you might be comfortable at it. You might feel like you should do it, but you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you do touch on strategy in an unusual way. You, you talk about ready, fire, aim, don't waste yeah. an opportunity and always wait to aim. So can you talk to that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we, we, I, and I've talked to so many thought leaders and 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 business leaders who who are building their website or building this or doing this, and they want to make it perfect, and they work forever to get perfect. Meanwhile, they passed up all these great opportunities and people, the chances for people to find them, to do business, uh, to have greater reach, discovery, greater conversion, and all because in the name of making it perfect. My idea is no, get it done, and then once done, strive for perfect. I think, you know, a little ready, fire, aim is good, right? You just go and try to figure it out, you know, sometimes, you know, because we, we, I don't wake up 
you know, every day thinking I have every answer. So I got to go find it. I got to go explore, you know, so I have to have the sense of what I would call awareness uh, or being unaware of not knowing what I don't know. And and I, I try to live that. I try to live where I don't always know what I don't know. No, there's certain things I know because of a lot of experience. I bought and sold over 250 businesses, $25 billion in transaction. You know, I used to manage a budget of $17 billion in marketing and ad spend. You know, as a, I've, I've, you know, I've had my own television shows. I had my own television network, but my own podcast network. So there's certain things I know, but there are a lot of things. I There's more things I don't know. And and of course you take action and you can self correct as you go. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Really well, I have it. one of my favorite sayings. I I don't know if it's in that book or one of my, but no one's gonna die. Like <laughs> like you know is in is in you know like hey folks in my in our decision today that we do to make the website go live to to get the brochure done to to send the first letter out uh, which you know three three versions later you find out there was a mistake in it. Did anyone die? Mm. You know, no one died. And as long as no one died, then what the heck? Go for it. You know, <laughs> it's it's OK. It's OK. You know, now, at the same time, uh, you say or you write that even action oriented people must learn to be reflective. And yeah. what can happen to action oriented leaders who don't stop to reflect on what's happening? You'll miss lots of opportunities uh, without without question, because. Or you won't extract all the value you possibly can. I mean, there's a long list of things, right? Mm. When you find or you set it up wrong, you charge ahead without, you know, uh, or leave money on the table. It's all of these things that we can add up to, right? That 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 will be a problem. When you reflect, I mean, you take time to sit down and think. Like, I I love going back home in to South Dakota where I live out in the middle of the prairie you know, and I'm on the back of a tractor and I'm just driving around. I got a, I got my headphones on, listen to country Western music. And I'm just on the back of a tractor mowing grass or doing something. That's, I always make sure I take a pen and paper with me because I'm always writing stuff down because I have so much time to think. And you're so right. Because on the odd occasion where I went, Oh, I'll remember that. And then I go, what was that thought? I, I'm, yeah, exactly. You know, struggling to get it back. So you got to capture it while it's there. Yeah, it's that's important. It, you know, act in the moment. I mean, that's another thing for a, a leader, right? Is to act in that moment. Uh, because if you don't, it, it, you know, sometimes those brilliant ideas they just pass you by. You know, because mm. mm. you do say go with your gut and don't second guess yourself. So yeah. is that a little risky? I mean, or is it just part of thinking differently? No, it, I guess you could say it's risky if you don't trust your instincts, don't trust yourself, but trust yourself. You, For most of us, we know that when we acted outside of our gut, it always has cost us in some way, shape or form. So there's a, so listen to, listen to your inner being, listen to your every sense on your body, the hairs on your arm, the, the tingliness on your skin, it's telling you, uh-uh, no way. Or yeah, that's good. Yeah. And we know it, it's there. And it, but sometimes because of the little voice or whatever we, you know, whatever we think it should be, or someone else told us it should be, that we don't act on it. You have a few lists, and one of the lists is uh, six rules to remember. And the one that jumped out at me was remember mood is everything. And we're talking yes. about the mood of your people uh, in your yep. organization. Tell us a little bit about that, please. I love that one. Thank you for bringing that up. 
we have to set the cadence of our business. And everybody talks about fo focusing on culture, which culture is important without question, but it takes a long time to build culture. But if you focus on mood, you have a greater impact faster in changing the mood. And it's easier to change the mood than it is to change the culture. So I always tell people when I first step into a business, let's focus on the mood. Let's focus on how people feel. You know, if, if I have everybody in the business who feel that, that our best days are behind us, there's nothing that I can do to bring them into the present. And, and it's going to be a long, long haul. So what I do is I really spend a great deal of time changing the mood of the business, you know, to make them feel like, hey, we can win. We can do these things. Then that will impact culture. That'll impact the bottom line. That'll impact the top line. And that'll get us where we want to go a lot faster. Now, you, you, but you have to, you know, just by throwing parties and doing, you know, different things. I'm not talking about all those things. Although those some of that stuff helps, you know, building teamwork, building camaraderie, um, you know, and then speeding up that cadence, because I think it's important. Cadence is an important thing as well. But you just have to really spend a lot of time on focusing on that mood. What, what's got everybody where they're at? And you start solving the problems. And would you would you have conversations one on one with people or is it you can work it out just by a group meeting or? All, well, it's a continual thing, right? Mm. It's, uh, you know, like, let me give you a good example at Kodak. One of the things at Kodak was when I first got there, they had, they had, they had changed the, rechanged the logo like a year or two before I got there. But yet I was walking around, everybody had these old name badges on with the old logo. And, but all the new people that we were hiring all got brand new name badges with new logos on them. And, and so you, you could tell who were the old ones were and the new ones were. And not a cool thing when you're trying to really bring about camaraderie and teamwork. So right away, it was like that. So I walked around, you know, with a pair of scissors everywhere I went, threatening, threatening to cut everybody's name badge if I saw an old logo. And so I started telling them, you got to redo the logos. Well, then, you know, one of the oh, HR corporate, somebody in our corporate office, which I'm corporate, I'm the chief marketing officer of the company, but they were, they were saying, well, you can't make everybody redo their name badges. Well, what happened was the employees started printing out labels and putting the new labels on their name badges, which told me they were drinking the Kool-Aid. They were getting it. They were getting behind it all because I was running around with a pair of scissors, threatening to cut people's name badges off, you know, and, you know, and then I, you know, renamed, we, we put out a video, it's called Booyah. And I renamed the hallway going into the cafeteria Booyah. I had the thing painted. I, 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 you know, I, you know, I changed things around. I brought in old trade show booth stuff and put it around decorated the hallways. I went through at night and, you know, we, we had all these p pictures that hadn't been updated since the 1970s. And here it was 2006, 2007. So I got a team together and we started taking down all the pictures and everything in the hallways. And then, then, then we started having contests to who could decorate the hallways. And, you know, it was just fun. And so you had business units that were putting up pictures from trade shows and events and things like that, that were sitting in the closet. Now they're putting them up on the, on the wall and it's new stuff. It's new. It's just changing. So thing, you know, you can do it a lot of different ways. You can do it a lot of different ways, right? Those are oh, great you know, anecdotes. I got to yeah. tell you, one of the other things that I was, I would host a table and put the word out that, hey, you want to come talk to me about anything in the company? I, I was, you know, because there was an executive, we had an executive dining room. I said, let's get out of the executive dining room. Let's go with everybody else. And so then I started having different days at different buildings. We had 150, 180 buildings, something like that. And so I would go and have lunch at different buildings and then let people know I was there and, hey, let's come talk to me. And everybody knew. 
you could come sit down with me. I didn't care. You know, it was like, Mr. Hazel, you're the first executive I've ever met. Well, hopefully I won't be your last one. Come on, sit down. Let's have some dinner, you know, and, and you just start doing things like that. That changes mood. That helps change mood. That's, that's, that's leadership in my opinion of getting out there with people and going and seeing them and, and, you know, I, you know, I, we were in the motion picture business, so I would get permission to show some of the movies early or right when they came out, they would show to our employees because we helped make them. And we had a 4,000, we had a 4,000 uh, person theater. And so I, I said, look, we got this new movie. It, well, it was Bolt. It was a Bolt. It was a animated movie about this fast dog or something. And I remember I put out the note and said, do you want to bring your kids sign up? And we're going to show it and they get free popcorn and a Coke, uh, Pepsi or Coke, you know, or whatever. And then they could bring their, and so, you know, because why don't you bring your kids, right? Make them feel good about where mommy and daddy work. And, and, and then by the way, a Kodak would be a plus because of all these yeah. perks of, of, of the industry that they're in. I mean, that those are great stories and I'm sure. Oh yeah. And here, um, by the way, we had these cameras that were about to expire. So what are we going to do with them? And they said, we're going to destroy them. And we're not destroying them. So here I started handing them out here, take a camera, take a camera, take a camera. What the hell, you know, things like that. Or, or I actually bought the old NASCARs, our old NASCARs, you know, the shells of the cars. And I put them in lobbies of the buildings. You know, and and then and then put let the kids take their picture inside of it, right? Things like that. It's just like, why not, right? Oh, wow! You you were a gift to that company. <laughs> well, some people didn't see that. <laughs> Although, right before I left, we one of the things I said we're re I said we're redecorating our our headquarters lobby, and and I I pleaded with the CFO that we got to redo this. It's our first impression. The first impression looks like crap. It look we haven't redone it since the seventies, eighties. It looks like crap. And I fought and I fought. And even with all the cuts we were going through, we redecorated that lobby. And when I left the company and uh, to go and and get on tour with uh, my first book, which is the Mirror Test, the a, a group of employees pulled together a little private ceremony for me, and they pulled up the carpet in the corner of the lobby and embedded in the cement was my business card next to George Eastman's. And, uh, and then we sealed it back. They sealed it back up, but that was to let them know that I had an impact on as much as George Eastman, which, which was a very, a big thing for me and a big, I cried like a baby. They cried like babies. And, uh, and of course, mostly it went through the, you know, word of our, you know, 50,000 employees at the time that they had done that. And it was a pretty cool thing. So I got notes after notes. So it was kind of a fun thing. Thank you for sharing that story. That yeah. gave me a chill. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you. Now, one of the other rules is to chart progress. And one of the things I'm starting to learn is that if you can give your uh, the people that work with you a sense of progress, they're more likely to stay and not be... Uh, you know, not go elsewhere. And also it helps to to lift the mood. So charting progress, uh, any stories around that? Well, I just think it, I learned that years ago, uh, back in about 1980 some, <laughs> when I bought a print shop and, and every day, um, my, uh, the former owner showed me how to Z out. It's called a Z out on the cash register. And when you Z it out, it gives you a printout of what you did by, by some number of each department and say, wow, I wonder what we did yesterday. I wonder what we did the day before. Well, we didn't know. So, so let's start charting this out. 
So then we could predict it day to day to day. You know, did we do better than the day before? Did we doing better than the average for the week? Are we doing better from the the average for the month? Are we doing better for the average for the entire year? And then how do we compare month to month, day to day, and year to year? I mean, that's what is it. And so I started putting that stuff up on the wall and everybody in the print shop started to appreciate it because they, let's beat it. Let's beat it. Come on, we can beat it. You know, and it might be, we're going to beat, uh, you know, blue ink. We're, we're going to beat green ink. We're going to beat the color copies. We're going to beat the black and white. And so that's <laughs> what we did. And so, so I learned the value real quick of one measuring, right. In terms of, and then, and then sharing with everybody else that this is where we're going to go and how can we beat it and how can we continue to grow? If, you know, you, you can't get there if you don't tell people where you're going. And so it's important for a leader to tell them where you're going to go. And by the way, make it even harder than what they think. And the, the, you know, it's like a coach. If you remember sports, you probably did this when you were younger and you at gym class or whatever, and the coach would make you run laps or something. And, and then you're exhausted and you, you get to the end of it and you just ran two miles or whatever it is, or 10 laps or whatever. And you're exhausted. You're laying on the ground. They say, get up, do another one. <laughs> and you think you're going to die, but you do another one and you don't die. That's what leaders are supposed to do. We're supposed to we're supposed to be a little irrational, and we tell people we're going to go from point A to point B, but we really tell them we're going to go to point C, and they think we're nuts. But you got to do that to get them to point B or a little beyond B. Yeah. And so, so we have to be a little irrational in the way in which we approach that. And so, and and that's you know measuring progress is part of that. Charting that progress is is. I think uh, important to show people you can do it. I mean, you do that with, with your, you know, if you go on a diet or, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to do it. Right. Mm. And, and of course, uh, I, some companies just keep it a secret how the, how the company is going. And I, I'm of the belief that you really need to bring your employees into, uh, you know, how's the turnover? How's the profit? What are we doing? And, and well, yeah, get them ex excited and a bit of skin in the game. <laughs> Here's another example. I mean, I'm talking about that print shop. This is a, that goes back to my book, The Mirror Test. And I remember, I mean, I was in, I was in bad trouble and bad cash. Uh, I'd, I'd lost my rear end and, you know, things weren't going too well. And I remember I was watching every penny we had because I barely had enough to make payroll, barely had enough to pay the bills. And so, you know, any big expenditure would just about put us down. And my manager, at the time came into me and said, Jeff, you're not going to believe this got a great deal for us. I bought a truckload of paper and I got this great deal on it. Well, that means he used up every penny that I had at the time. And I had, you know, and I got to make payroll. I got to do all this. Now he's thinking he's doing a great job and trying to do something good for me. Hey, look at the savings he got for me. Right. Uh -huh. And yet he didn't know that he was about to put me down, put me under, yeah. but it's because I didn't share with him. Right. So if I if I'm not sharing, if I'm not being transparent as a leader, how does he or she know to do the things I would like them to do based on the knowledge I have? So my job as a leader is to give you as much knowledge about how the business runs, the way it runs, where we're going and where we're at as as pretty much I do. And by the some people say, well, why would you share that? You don't want them to know all that. Well, listen. When stuff's coming in the back door, COD, cash on delivery, because you don't have cash and you haven't paid the bills, right? They kind of know. When, you, <laughs> when you're buying a new Mercedes, right? You're buying a new Mercedes and um, things are going pretty well, right? 
And if you're going on vacations, uh, a cruise or whatever, yeah, they kind of know things are good and they know when things are bad. So what the heck are you, what the heck? Just tell them. And uh, it's better. It's just better to be transparent. I mean, you, and by the way, it also teaches them that you're confident about where you're at too, even if it's bad, right? Even if it's not going well, like we have a plan. And if we follow the plan, we'll be okay. You'll be okay. The, the, the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to let you go. You know, so I'm going to take care of you first. That's the most important is the people, you know, mm. and you know, like we did that during COVID with our C-suite network. We didn't let anybody go. We kept everybody. We should have, we should have, I will tell you, there were people who deserved to go, you know, and yet we didn't do it because that was our values. And we just said we weren't going to do it, but, but trans, being transparent is important. And and that's an indication of how, of how you demonstrate the care that you have for the people that uh, work with you. So that's really wonderful, Jeffrey. Um, we're sort of coming to the the close of our time together, and I've just been loving all the stories that you've been sharing. And <laughs> if you want to tell another story, that's fine. But I, one of the my closing questions is: How can leaders administer the mirror test to their organization? We didn't actually list what the three mirror tests are, but maybe they need we to read, read the, the book. book. <laughs> read the book. Read the book, or get the audio book. I love. That's, oh yeah, the audio book is fabulous because you're reading it. It's pacey. Yeah. And it's great. I always love it when the author is able to read their own book. If you come upon a body that looks like it's injured or on the ground, the first thing you do is you hold up a, your brass buckle or you hold up a mirror to them and you see whether they're breathing. Yeah. And that's the mirror test. Do you fog the mirror? And there's certain things that you should look at in your business and ask some really hard questions. So you want to look in the mirror and ask yourself some key questions. And that's what the mirror test is about. Because the only person that cares really about your business is the person that's looking back at you in that mirror. Absolutely. And, and that's what you have to do. So it's not your accountant. It's not your attorney. Okay. It's not, it's not really your mom. She's going to love you anyway, you know, and it's really you. And so the buck stops there. It's important for you to do that. And so you should, from time to time, sit back and ask yourself tough questions because if you don't, nobody else is. And you need to see if you're fogging a mirror. And if you're fogging a mirror, you're breathing. And if you're breathing, you live another day. Thank you, Jeffrey Hazlett. This episode, we've been speaking with celebrity CEO, Jeffrey Hazlett, on the Manage Self Lead Others podcast for people managers. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. And if you like this podcast, come and tell a friend. Many listeners I meet say they found it because someone sent them the link and told them it was a good show to listen to. And remember to subscribe so you catch the next episode. We've conversations with people who share insights on how to elevate and transform team culture. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me you like the show. And until, no, until next time, thank you for listening. Nina Sunday is on a mission to help leaders transform culture. To book Nina Sunday CSP to speak at your conference, visit ninasunday.com to request a proposal. Nina travels from Brisbane, Australia for in-person presentations Australia-wide. Twice certified virtual presenter, Nina Sunday presents virtually, globally, for any time zone. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.